You are now listening to the CRC podcast, brought to you by Pastor Act Bossif. We trust that this message will change your life forever. Come on, if you are ready for something to shift, something to break, something to be loose, something to be unbound, give the Lord the greatest praise that you can in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise Him like you love Him tonight. Shout you like you mean it tonight. Come on, shout like you are ready. Ready for Dream Week 2021. In the name of Jesus Christ, something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to shift. Something has to give. In South Africa, in your life, in your business, in your health, in your emotions, something has to break. In the name of Jesus Christ, lift your hands. Come on, everybody in this place, all over South Africa, wherever you are, whoever you are, in front of television, there's no distance in the realm of the Spirit tonight. So I want you to lift your hands tonight and say these words. Say, Lord Jesus. No, come on. You're not talking to me. You're talking to Him. So put some passion in what you say. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready for something to shift, for something to be relocated for something to break. This is my week of divine destiny. I believe you for a great move in me so that you can move through me for your glory in Jesus' Name. If you mean it tonight, come on, give the Lord a mighty praise in this place, hallelujah. Come on, those of you up there closer to God, give Him a mighty praise, give Him a mighty shout. Well, we want to welcome you all here tonight at the start of Dream Week 2021. If you weren't here this morning, get the message. It's going to be a powerful night. It's going to be a powerful week. You aren't going to be the same after this week because God never leaves you where He finds you. Amen. So uh, the deal is you have to show up hungry. Is there anybody hungry here tonight? Amen. And the rest of you are going to get saved. I understand that because you don't know what that means. I feel the presence of God here already tonight. Welcome to Faith TV. Um, we don't broad advertise other television channels on Faith TV, but we are on TBN every single night, okay? And then also on Praise TV. This conference is all the way to uh, Pakistan and India live. Come on, that's amazing. Thank God for technology. And uh, welcome to Praise TV. Uh, uh, welcome to Facebook Live, YouTube Live, CRC Online radio stations all over um, Africa, then people all over the world. Special shout out to the 11 million people that watch this broadcast every Sunday in Russia. We are believing God next year. We're going to come to Stalingrad and we are going to do a major crusade in partnership with the television network there that's being planned. And then also welcome to Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China and all over Africa. Hallelujah. Come on, you are a people of destiny. You are a people of great future. The world is at your feet. You just have to see it and you have to believe it in Jesus' Name. Take your seats in heavenly places tonight. Amen. I talk to people, so many people that say, well, Pastor, under the circumstances, and I always tell them, you're not under anything. You are seated above 
in Christ Jesus. So we are not fighting from a place of defeat. We are positioned and seated in a place of victory. But listen, your posture reveals your passion. So sitting in your lazy boy, it's not good enough, no more. You've got as comfortable as it gets in this church, but you are allowed to stand and to praise Him because you love Him. I'll give you five seconds to do that tonight in Jesus' Name, hallelujah. not about how this year started, it's how this year is going to end and finish. And uh, <laughs> God is a God who hastens things. Uh, God doesn't need a, uh, a month. He doesn't need a year. He needs a moment. One day when Jesus comes back and the rapture takes place, the Bible says it's in the twinkling of an eye. Now, you can't measure that. It's too quick. I believe God's going to do some quick things. I believe God is going to realign people. God's going to reposition people. God's going to reignite people. God's going to put vision in people. God is going to restore people. God's going to do something great. Oh, I just feel that we need to praise God a little bit in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. And I know when it's time to praise the Lord. Come on, don't sit there. Don't sit when you praise God. You better get on your feet because you have to relocate yourself as Moses had to. You have to reposition yourself in the presence of God. You have to turn your morning into dancing. You have to put on your sackcloth. You cannot come to God with a long face. You have to rejoice in the Lord. No matter what you are facing, you have to praise Him. No matter where you are, how dark your valley, how strong your prison, you have to give Him praise. Come on, you have to give Him praise for God, what God is going to do this week. Praise for the answer before the answer. Come on, they're in Durban, they're in Cape Town, they're in Johannesburg, they're in Bloemfontein. Praise Him as if God is alive. That's what the Bible says. Let everything that have breath praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to talk and I want to continue tonight my gentle way talk about igniting the fight and tonight we are going to talk about igniting the fire Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb the mountain of God came to CRC Dream Week and the angel of the Lord appeared to him Notice the capital letter A, which is Jesus in the Old Testament. In a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So we looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why those people are so on fire for God. I mean, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, got out of his comfort chair, rose up on a Sunday morning, drove through traffic for an hour to get to church on a Tuesday night Dream Week opening. <laughs> when God saw Moses' response, 
Then God responded and God called to him from the midst of the bush and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I'll have to be my own drama team tonight. I have to amuse myself up here. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. Put the old away. Put the hurt away. Put your preconceived ideas away when you come into the presence of God. Lay something down so that you can get something from God. Put off the sandals. Don't come through your ancestors. Don't come through your culture. Don't come through your tradition. Don't come through your methods. Don't come through your failure. Just come. Because that's what Jesus said. All you that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Moreover, he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Old Testament. I mean, people still talk about doom and gloom in the New Testament as if God is the cause of COVID, as if God is the cause of, of, of calamity and poverty. And people say, if God is a loving God, why does He allow all of this? Because this world still belongs to the God of this world who is Satan. We are in this world. We're not of this world. We're in this world to establish God's kingdom in the midst of this crooked and perverse world that we find ourselves in. We are not yet to be swallowed up by Egypt. We are here to take people out of Egypt into the land of Canaan, which is into eternity. We are here to plunder hell and populate heaven. And the Lord said, I've seen, surely seen the oppression of my people in Africa, South Africa, because of this COVID pandemic, for I know their sorrows, unemployment, gender-based violence, poverty, murder, all the things we don't wanna talk about, but listen, for God to ignite a fight in you, there has to be a giant. We don't shy away from our giants. I know when you talk to psychiatrists, they'll say the response of people are one of two things. They fight or they flight. Now, CRC, we don't flight, amen. We fight, come on. We wake up, we stand up, we show up. We make a difference by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you are ready to show up in your generation, dream week. Get on your feet and give the Lord a praise offering. Come on, doctor. So it says, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them into the land, to a good, to a land, to a good land, large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, those were all giants, by the way. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Alaranaites. <laughs> you know, when, when, when the devil shows up, we, knew God, we know God wants to take us to another level. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. This is not the time for the church to go asleep. This is not the time to be overwhelmed by the times that we are facing. This is the time to be overcomers in our generation. This is not the time to lie down. This is the time to light up in the Name of Jesus. Come on, this is not the time to succumb. This is the time to stand up. So God says, I'm gonna deliver the nation, South Africa, 
Zimbabwe, Ghana, Nigeria, whatever your country. But I'm not going to do it, Moses, while you are just sitting in a corner praying. Now, you know I believe in prayer. Um, but I think a lot of the prayer that we do is application. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? We want to pray, but we don't want to put feet to our prayer. We want to pray and put the responsibility of reformation in the hands of God. We want to pray and we don't want to witness. We want to pray and we don't want to feed the poor. We want to pray and we don't want to reform the economy. We want to pray and we don't want to engage. We want to pray and we don't want to raise our hands like Isaiah and say, Lord, here I am, use me to be a reformer, to be a Daniel, to be an Esther, to be a Jeremiah, 17 years old, to be a David, to slay this Goliath that is enslaving our generation teenage pregnancy. I'm going to be a young, pure girl. I'm not going to bow to teenage pressure, but I'm going to be a voice among my peers to say, no, you belong to God. You're a child of God. You are too good to go down that road. You don't need a sugar daddy to go to university, through university. You have a heavenly daddy. Come on, there's a way. And His name is Jesus Christ. God is looking for a difference maker. God is looking for a history maker. God is looking for somebody that will stand tall in their generation and it doesn't take much to be told today because everybody's sitting down. All you have to do is you have to stand up. All you have to do is you have to dress up. All you have to do is you have to show up and then you're gonna stand taller than anybody else. In your classroom, in your university, your neighbourhood. I mean, Angelique told me there were eight kids that walked to children's church this morning. 11, I stand corrected, my girl. And then there were others who hijacked a bucky. I love those children. Say, take us to church. And the person thought he was going to get payment. But they said, we want to go to church. That's the hunger of children. While adults want to sit in their homes and sit in their couches, the young children, those that are bound by poverty, the child that's been molested said, I want to go to church on a Sunday. Come on, we had over 800 children yeah, this morning from Mamalodi and from the poor areas, they all came by themselves. They showed up because there's a hunger. There's a generation that God is raising up in our country and there ain't no devil in hell that is going to stop what God is about to do. All God needs is some people to show up, show up. Show up in the political arena. Spoke to two great businessmen after the service. They're very big, both of them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a politician. Say, really? No, I'm not. But there's certain things we have to address in politics. And for years, all the church wanted to do is we wanted to pray and we don't engage. And then the people who write the law, we criticize, but we ourselves do not stand in our wards, in our councils. We don't get involved. And I asked the one person, I said, why don't you get involved? He said, no. Because I don't like politics. I said, well, somebody else is going to write the laws of the future. And you're going to have to bow to those laws. So we can do all the praying we want. But God says, I'm going to establish my church, my kingdom upon every other kingdom. That means in politics, that means in education, that means in entertainment, that means in sport, that means in every sphere of life, God wants to establish His kingdom and bring His order back to society so that our children can be free again. 
so that a young girl can go play on a park without feeling threatened that she's a target or a sexual object in Jesus' Name. We have to slay the Amalekites, the Jebusites. We have to slay these giants. Listen. And it's not going to happen by Christians soaking. So notice Moses shows up at the burning bush and he's not having a soaking meeting. He's having an encounter with God. When you study the Bible, every time a person encounters God, he encounters purpose. His direction is changed. Like Paul on the road to Damascus, he's busy persecuting the church. He's murdering the church. He's bound by his religion, his tradition, his ancestral worship, whatever it is. They have lost some of you, but you better get study your Bible. Because God is the God of the living and not the God of the dead, okay? We don't worship our ancestors. We worship God, amen? We worship God. We worship Christ. We worship the living Christ. That's who we worship, okay? So this is what God comes. He says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am. This is who I am. Moses is backslidden. Moses preempted the will of God. Moses who is called by God to be a deliverer, somebody that used to be very eloquent in speech, somebody raised in the courts of Pharaoh, somebody that was used to wealth, influence. His name was written on many places in Egypt after he murdered an Egyptian and he fled. His name was eradicated because he was Pharaoh's second son. We know the story, right? But Moses is born. And I said it this morning, Your DNA, your personality is a telltale sign of God's purpose for your life. (laughs) Moses was a fighter. Moses knew somehow that God called me for something great as God did all of you. As a baby, he had to fight to survive. His mother placed him in a little basket of reeds and she had a plan to raise him as a deliverer as God predestined you. Whether you know your mother, whether you know your father, whether you're adopted, I don't care how you got you. Whether people say you're a mistake, it doesn't matter. You're alive, God predestined you because God has called you for this hour, the greatest hour that the church has ever been in. God has called you and this is not a kumbaya moment for the church. This is a moment, listen, to slay giants. This is the moment to shut the mouths of lions. This is the moment to position ourselves to change the order in society. Not the new world order that people want to bring from Europe and other countries, but the order of God's kingdom. That is why you are alive to be a Daniel, a Shadrach, a Meshach, an Abednego, a Deborah, an Esther. Amen. And don't forget about the Women's March on, on, on Saturday morning. 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock. Show up, please. Dress up and show up at the union buildings. There's information on our website. Your pastors will talk to you. But we ain't silent no more. And if they don't listen to the brothers, it's time for the sisters to get loud. It's time for the sisters to stand up. It's time for the sisters to say enough is enough. We are incorruptible. We are undefiled. We will be a voice for the people in South Africa. Time for the women to stand up. Amen. In Jesus' name. So Moses preempts the will of God. Moses is a fighter. He kills an Egyptian. And then he wants to stop a fight between two Hebrews. And they say, well, are you going to kill us as well? And Moses is afraid. He runs away. And we read about Moses again at a well. And the Jethro's daughter comes a priest's daughter and 
people contend with her about the water. And what does Moses do? He takes his staff, his stick. At that time, it wasn't anointed because he was operating in the flesh. He was self-reliant. And he beats up on those herdsmen and he feeds that woman and she becomes his wife. An act of kindness. Imagine just being kind to that girl. She might marry you. (laughs) Amen. Making the brother a cup of coffee. Giving him some water. You don't have to sway your hips. You can just righteously look at him. Amen. And God will lead you into your destiny. So Moses loses his confidence and we pick up that story there. He quits on God. He quits on himself like many of you have for whatever the reason. Disappointment, disillusionment, failure, loss, tragedy, pain, your past. People reminding you of things in your life. Satan reminding you, depression, despair. A lot of things that steal the destiny from people. That causes them to wander in a wilderness, not out there. But in here, a wasteland of just surviving from day Today, today, that was Moses, 40 years. A man chosen by God, appointed by God, a man that turned his back on God, turned his back on the call of God, gave up. But God never gave up on him. As God will never give up on you. Because God is a God, listen, not just of a second chance, but of a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance and many, many chances. God is a God who will, when you run away from God, God's gonna come running after you. Oh, you know, when you chase God, it's one thing. But when God chases you, it's another thing. When you get a hold of God, it's one thing. When God gets a hold of you, it's another thing. And this is what happens to Moses here. He's impressed. He comes to the conference. He's moved by the worship. But he's still keeping his distance from God. He's impressed. He's spying out the church, the atmosphere. God says, take off your sandals. Get quiet in your mind, all the questions, all the opinions, all the filters, all the pain, all the presuppositions. Let it go and come to me naked. Come to me as you are. I know about your failure. I know about your past. But Moses, you are still my man that I've chosen. You are still the person I've appointed. You are still the man that I'm gonna use to deliver my nation. I've come and I've chosen you. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, I knew you and I created you and I called you a prophet of the nation. You see, my dear brother and my sister, we are not defined by what we do. We are defined by what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. We are not defined by our sharps and our smarts and our wits. We are defined by the grace of God. We are defined by a Saviour, by a Deliverer, by a God that so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, a God who bought us with His own precious blood. That's why you better love yourself and you better value yourself and you better get to know this God so that you can get to know yourself and be who God called you to be. And I believe this is what God is gonna do. This is gonna be a week where God is gonna revive dreams. God is gonna ignite the fire. God is gonna restore your sight, Samson. 
You've been bound to the same mill of addiction going around and around and around. You are blind because of your own failure, because of your own mistakes, because you never kept your vow that you made to God. But God says your hair will grow again. I'm a God that will give you sight again. I'm gonna take you from the millstone and I'm gonna put you back in a place of prominence and you're gonna have one more go for me. You're gonna do something great for me. You are gonna be a deliverer. Your hair will grow again and you will see beyond the natural. You will see into the supernatural that which I have for you. Come on, if you feel God in your spirit, because you feel God, give Him a praise tonight in Jesus' Name, hallelujah. So Israel is in a lockdown and uh, God comes to a man. When God has a plan, He always finds a man or a man with a womb, which is a woman. Anything. God is in the heavens. Jesus sits next to Him. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And the only person that stops the son of perdition, the Antichrist to be revealed is the Holy Spirit in the church. The day the Holy Spirit takes the church out of Yah, there will be absolute holy chaos for seven years. And I'll preach about that in the very near future because we have to discern the hour and understand the urgency of the moment we find ourselves in. That we can't be playing around and fooling around and live with our lamps not trimmed and not have oil in our lamps and just live like everything is okay. We have to have our own burning bush experience. You cannot serve the God of your fathers. He may be the God of your fathers, but you have to meet Him for yourself because God doesn't have grandchildren. God doesn't have uh, orphans. Everybody needs a first-hand revelation of who Jesus is. And it's in that place that I'm believing where many of you are going to come. And through our worship, through times at the end where we're going to minister to people, we are going to believe that God is going to touch you and God is going to reignite the fire. Listen, His passionate purpose and faith in your life to fulfill what God has placed you on this earth for. Otherwise, what is this life all about? I mean, Solomon, one of the wisest men that lived apart from Jesus Christ, maybe the wisest, apart from Jesus Christ, says all his vanity. I mean, he was the wealthiest person to live. People came from all over the world to see what he built. He says, whatever my eyes desired, I bought. So you can buy five sport cars. I meet some people, seven sport cars, eight sport cars, and they live in houses and, and tapestries and paintings. And they tell me this thing's imported from there. And I, that's great. I don't mind that but I'm not impressed by that. Because naked you came into this world, naked you're gonna leave. You came as a baby and you're gonna go without anything. So it's okay to have those things if you've done your part for the poor, if you've done your part for other people, if you have helped people, if you've lived a life beyond yourself to eradicate poverty 
and to alleviate the pain and suffering in our world. Let's let God not get confused that God didn't birth His church at Pentecost so we can come together and just have a good old charismatic time and do some carpet time in the presence. No, my brother and my sister, the church is God's dwelling place. The church is God's meeting place. The church is where God will confront issues in your life and God will change issues in your life and God will put His fire in your belly so that you don't live a life just for yourself. You live a life bigger and beyond yourself. And maybe you're going through hurt. By the grace of God, you will use the hurt that you have to go heal the hurts of others. Maybe you carry pain, but God will heal your pain while you heal the pain of other people. So Moses listened in one day, 40 years, wandering around aimlessly, one encounter. Everybody please say one encounter. Uh-uh. I know you're muzzled, you're masked, but you're not muzzled. Everybody say one encounter. <laughs> When you take your sandals off, when you change your conversation, when you just come and you have a conversation with God as Moses did at this burning bush, in the presence of God. You know, when you get in God's presence, you can't say much. It's easy to debate and deliberate about many things, but when you know you're standing in God's presence, which is holy ground, there's not a lot you can say because you will not be the one doing the talking. Huh? So like Moses, people are afraid. They don't want to go to church or they, whatever reason they use really is a tactic to avoid God's presence because every human being knows when you get into the presence of Jesus Christ, face to face, like Paul, a strong personality. When you get into the presence of Jesus face to face, there's not much you can say because you dust. He's God. He's the Creator. You're the created one. He is life. He gives you life. He is knowledge. You have knowledge. He is wisdom. You're trying to be wise. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is eternity. So when you get a moment in God's presence, it's like time stands still and all your theology, all your opinions, all your smarts and your wisdoms and your ways just doesn't matter. It's like in a moment you stand naked before God, naked before the presence of God. God sees everything because He doesn't look on the outward appearance. And He knows you for who you are. He knows who He predestined you to be. And He knows you out of orbit like a satellite. You're not on track any longer. You've gone out of sync. You've gone out of track. You've gone wherever. You've lost your mind a little bit. You've lost your sanity. You've gone back like Peter to the place where Jesus first found you, to a place of fishing, whatever that is. It may be in a bar that you go fishing every night. It may be in a drinking place, a, a, a place of depression, a place of despair, a place of relationships. It's a place that people return to when they leave the presence of God. And what did God do? Jesus came looking for Peter. This week, God's gonna come looking for you. And God says, you're not gonna be a Simon. Hey, I never called you to be a reed. What this COVID did to you, I'm gonna restore. I'm gonna make you a Peter again. I'm gonna make you a sure, solid thing again. I'm gonna make you a rock again. In Jesus' Name, you are gonna be my man. 
my woman, that I can count on, that I can bargain on this year and the years to come. You are gonna change my world for my glory. That's what God says, okay? I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. More than ever, the world is crying out for a manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. It's time to get ready. Time to get ready to prepare yourself. And I just want to say that I don't mean prayer doesn't work. I feel the prayers that people pray for me. And I do understand that some of us are called to be in the background. We have many hundreds of intercessors, if not thousands, people pray for me and I feel it. But that means even more so, I can't just sit in the safety of my home and give gentle Jesus meek and mild messages while the country is hurting and Jerusalem lies in ruin and murder is up 76%. Child pregnancies 10 years and 12 years and we wanna sing hallelujah only. God has a serious conversation and I, I suggest it's a serious tone. Something that Christians are not used to. Let's talk about this. Talk about our world. Talk about not your comfort, but the suffering of others. Hello. Because Moses was pretty comfortable. He was prosperous. He was married to a, a, a woman whose father had a lot of wealth. He was okay. He was 80 years old, minding his own business. But you see, God doesn't just care about you. He cares about the people on the other side of your obedience. He cares about your destiny and your purpose. And that's why some of you, before you will fulfill your destiny, God's gonna take you to a place of discomfort. God's gonna take you to a place that's gonna unsettle everything in your life so you can be the man, the woman that God can use. Listen to alleviate pain and suffering. Christianity without purpose does not exist. Christianity that only makes people feel good does not exist. Westernized Christianity, gonna do a series at one stage on the errors of the prosperity gospel. People that prosper without purpose. People that don't understand why Jesus came. It's not about you, Moses. It's not about you, Daniel. It's about what I called you for. And until we don't see that, the world will never be changed. Because we'd rather be popular as the teacher than effective. Because we don't carry the fire of God in our bellies. We don't carry an eternal purpose that will last into eternity. We live for now. We live from day to day as Moses did. There needs to be a God intervention in the church. Listen, in South Africa, in every David, every Jonathan, those who are still willing to get out of the wine press, every Gideon, every Deborah, every Esther that will not be intimidated by what is happening. But you're not gonna do it in your own strength. You're gonna do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. When you avail yourself to God, He's gonna put a fire in your belly that cannot be quenched. Nothing can quench it. No money can bribe and stop it because you belong to Him. 
you fireproof, born in the fire. <laughs> I thank God for revival. Brothers and sisters, we are going to spend time in the fire and the presence of God and you're going to stay there until everything changes. Stay in the presence of God till everything changes, not in and out. Not a little dab will do. Not a him and a her. Huh? If you've been looking at your watch once since I've been preaching, you're ice cold. Imagine Moses standing in the presence of God. I know he didn't have a clock. But he's standing in the presence of God. God wants to change him. God wants to make him a history maker, a deliverer. God needs him. You better get it tonight that God needs you. Not the person next to you. If you won't go, who will? If not now, then when? If we don't discern the hour, when will we discern the hour? If we stay asleep under the pomegranate, in a vice grip of a python, a leviathan that just becomes stronger and stronger to neutralize the voice of reason and sanity and justice and righteousness and Christianity in a Christian nation. We all in Africa understand what a python does. Every time you exhale, your despair, your discouragement, your disgruntlement, he wraps himself stronger around you. Some of you are in that group in areas of your life. You, you're going to have to trust God to break out of that. We're going to have to trust God for that python to loosen his grip on you so that you can be free again as you were before. So you can be strong again as you were before. So you can have a fighting spirit again as you had before and be the person Jesus predestined you to be. So God has this conversation, vision, which is why God sent Jesus Christ into the world because of humanity's suffering. Jesus never came to give us a religion. You know, I preach this in America. They don't like this message because in America, they like a message that makes you feel good. And they believe that if you don't get a goosebump, God is not in it. Well, I'm sorry. When God had a conversation with Jonah, he was so mad that he ran away from God because he had a racial problem. That's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He wanted to do his thing. So he threw a tantrum and he ran away from God. Imagine. And he runs and there's a storm and they throw him over a boat and a, a, a fish swallows him and he comes to his senses. Like many people in this COVID pandemic, are now coming to their senses to say, hey, I can't do this without God. I have fallen low enough. The only place I can go now is up. I've lost my business, but God promised me restoration. God promised me a future and a hope. I've tried everything. I've run out of resources. I've tried in my strength like Moses and I'm in a wilderness in my mind. God says, hey, I'm gonna bring you out of the wilderness. God says, hey, I'm gonna speak to the fish and the fish will vomit you out on dry land and you will know that I'm God, that I'm your Redeemer. But I'm gonna have the same conversation with you, Jonah. Go back to Nineveh and preach the Gospel. 
because it's not about you. It's not about your ministry. It's not about your title. It's not about your position. It's about the greater purpose. None of it is going to hell. None of it is suffering. People are dying without Christ every single day. And all we think about is our own safety in our own little corners to live another day. God said, no, no, no. God so loved the world that He saved His only begotten Son. Jesus Christ came because the suffering of humanity. And I want to tell you, poverty is a curse and should be eradicated as the greatest virus on planet Earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, corruption must be stopped by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' Name, children have to be educated righteously and freely. We need prayer back in our schools. We need people that will stand up loud and tall, unashamed for God in our generation to conform South Africa, to bring revival, restoration, reform to all the people of South Africa in the Name of Jesus. Shout Amen if you believe it in Jesus' Name. So we all know what God wants to do, land of milk and honey. But now God needs somebody. The lady was a whistleblower. We spoke to people about this recently and she got assassinated. The level of intimidation, the threat. A lady in our church spoke to one of our pastors. She has to pay certain things. And she questioned the invoices when she got home. Two people were sitting in a lounge armed and said, if you question an invoice again, your child is gone. That's the level of crime. And why, how did we get here? Little by little. Little by little, the church has become silent. Little by little, Christians have become afraid. Christians that God scattered all over the land, places of influence, because I meet them everywhere. Christians, ministers in politics, every sphere of life. I mean, Christians who are silent, who have become silent, who have become part of the system out of fear. So let's be real. When God calls Moses, it's not kumbaya. It's not with three tambourines. He has to go to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh has the power to kill him. Are you listening? So we're not talking about Christianity as in the past. That in many instances, sorry to say it like that, was as useless as spit. Changed nothing influenced nothing. All people did was they went to a service, sang a song. That's why politicians look at the church today in disdain. And that's the, 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 the idea of what the church is. That the church is this place that you go. It's a building with a clock. There's a bell that rings. You go in there. There's a hymn. There's a few songs. There's just like a good message. But there's no purpose. I said there's no purpose. There's no kingdom purpose. What did God come to do? He came to bring His kingdom rule. He came to bring His kingdom reign. What did Jesus come to do? He came to bring a new kingdom order. 
He came to bring a new standard. He came to disrupt the order of the day. He's the greatest reformer, not Martin Luther King, not Nelson Mandela, the greatest reformer that ever walked planet Earth. His name is Jesus Christ. He challenged everything. He challenged sexism. He challenged racism. He challenged his social imbalances. He challenged poverty. He challenged uh, everything that you can challenge is what Jesus challenged. But our picture of the church is that there's a building, I'm going there. If I feel like it, and I'm gonna write the priest a letter if I didn't like the message, and I, let me not go any further and offend you. And it changes nothing. Well, the church is, is the hope of the world. The church is what Jesus came to build. The church is what Jesus came to birth. The church is what keeps hell at bay. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. That's why Satan wants the church closed. Even if you come through it with your science that we can deliberate you under the table with any second. So how did we get here? I'll tell you how. A powerless church. You listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm not talking about knowledge. You talk to the average Christian. Well, hey, it's a pet doctrina. My it's geen gesag nie. It's geen krach nie. Kan niks verander nie. During this COVID pandemic, when people are suffering, and it's so easy to reach people with Jesus Christ. He's not brought one person to Christ in 20 months. No power. No purpose. Just Christianity defined by what? Doctrine? Dogma? That's not in the Bible. Because everything about the church in the Bible is the church is the center. The church is the place that God operates from. The church is where the community is built from. The church is the place where people deliberate and debate about the issues of society and the issues of life. But because in a previous dispensation, the church endorsed apartheid as a doctrine, the church lost credibility. And then after apartheid, the church that fought against the struggle now has become and now I will be criticized largely a rubber stamp to all policies of the government. That's not our job. That's not our job. Pharaoh was a politician. Pharaoh's policies enslaved the very people of God that God sent there via Joseph for liberation and freedom. So when we talk about South Africa and I'm passionate about this country, I'm never leaving this country, okay? I'm not gonna have dual citizenship and talk about the future of South Africa and send my children to Australia or New Zealand. I'm here. And in the next two years, we're gonna have to have such great impact in this country. But by 2024, we have to make our voices heard at the voting polls to say enough is enough. We want the righteous government. And if the people in power do not change, we will take them out of power in the name of Jesus. Are you listening? Say amen. Come on. 
But we were taught as Christians to not engage. We were taught as Christians that the religion and politics are two separate things. And yet we are the result of decisions made often by unspiritual people. And we have to live it as Israel did. I mean, God liberated South Africa. The ANC was birthed in prayer. As a matter of fact, the founding person of the ANC was a pastor. Many of the greatest leaders in the ANC. Now, for I don't the ANC on you. I will not talk because you have to understand. So as a young person, you have to understand the world you find yourself in. You have to understand politics. You have to understand the history of South Africa so you can d- deliberate intelligently, not emotionally. So you study Latuli, Oliver Tambo, many other great leaders. They were very, very spiritual. They were people of prayer. They were people who prayed for change in South Africa. Rooted in Christianity. Today, after 27 years, where's the regard for Christianity? If it's taken out of our schools, if the moral fibre of South Africa has been tampered with, if, if, if everything is decaying and rotting and falling apart. I'm not a pessimist. I'm like a Nehemiah saying, hey, you better open your eyes and see the state of the nation and stop just voicing your little opinion or emoji or whatever it is, little angry face when a politician talks and get involved. Because your involvement will make all the difference the difference that is needed wherever you are. You have to engage intelligently, non-racially, on a spiritual platform, on a biblical foundation. You have to engage so that this country can be liberated once again in Jesus' Name. Come on, say Amen. So God, I have to close here now, but um, I really feel this, you know, I really, really feel. I know it's not typical uh, sermons that people like, because all people want is a little, uh, uh, get in my fantastic pastoral mode. (laughs) A little gentle encouragement that everything is gonna be okay. But everything is not going to be okay for your children if you don't engage. Everything is not going to be okay for the future generations if this generation, my generation, those with clout, those with influence, don't engage. I mean, Moses is 80. God didn't call a teeny bobber. God called a man that was highly skilled, highly trained, who understood the Egyptians, who understood the political system of Egypt, who understood how the Egyptians thought, who then lost it. But then when God brought him back, he came back magnified, but not reliant on his own strength and his own power. This time, reliant upon God. His greatest strengths, like Paul, became his greatest weaknesses. So when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So he had to live reliant on the presence of God. That's why he's one of the greatest leaders that Israel ever had. 
because he's a man that was changed. He was a man that was shaped. He was a man that lost everything in the wilderness and in a moment at the burning bush, he finds himself again. Not only does he find himself, he finds his God. He finds his purpose. He finds his confidence. He's find, he finds his calling. And in a moment, he goes back and he says, okay, I'm gonna go. God says, I'll send one person with you, okay? I'm gonna send Aaron with you, but you are my man. You are my woman. It's your time to man up. It's your time to show up. It's your time to stand up. Because if you don't, nobody else is gonna do it in the Name of Jesus Christ. You are the person that I have to use the platform that God has given you. So God says to Moses, come now and I will send you. Come now. You have to come and find Him before you will go and leave an eternal impact for Him. You cannot just go. You have to come first. You have to come with all your weakness, your frailty, your flaws, your strengths, your talents, your gifts. You have to come as you are. You have to come. This Dream Week 2021, if I have a word for you, you have to come. You have to come into the presence of Jesus Christ. You have to come and take the sandals off your feet. Check your sandals at the door in the name. That doesn't mean literally. Check your sandals at the door. When you enter the sanctuary, make it a holy place. Make it a holy place. That's why sitting in front of your television doesn't work. Because you sit there while you sip your coffee. You sip there while, while, while you watch something else. You flip through the channels. It does not work. Our God is a holy God and our God deserves all the respect that you possibly can give Him when you come into His presence. He's an awesome God. I said He's an awesome God. He's a great God. He's the great I Am. He says to Moses, I am that I am. I am that great God. I am that great Deliverer. You come and you leave your sandals behind. You leave your stature. You leave your crown. You leave your title. You leave your business, you leave your weakness, you leave your ideas, you leave your culture, you leave everything behind. You check it at the door and you come into my presence as a child and watch what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have an encounter with you. I'm gonna ignite you. I'm gonna set you ablaze. I'm gonna take things out of you. I'm gonna put things in you and you will never be the same again. In the Name of Jesus, shout hallelujah. I'm giving my praise if you hear me and believe it tonight in Jesus' name. Take a seat for a moment. Um, God, it's a sad day for me when I sit with some leaders and I see that God has become something abstract. God's become G-O-D. God's just become God. No respect, no reverence, no acknowledgement. Why we are here today as a country? Because we will follow the ideology of Marxism and socialism and communism, which destroyed Eastern Europe 
and we take God out of the equation that liberated South Africa and you think everything is going to be okay? No. May God give us leaders that walk in the fear of God. May God give us the leaders like the Oliver Tambos, Albert Latuli. Come on, listen. That acknowledge God. And may God remove those who will not acknowledge Him. Because with all your humanism, all your so-called compassion for hurting people, it's not possible without the love of God to care for humanity. There is one person in the universe that cared so much for humanity and it's not any other God. It's not any other religious figurehead. That's what sets Christianity apart from everything else. God so loved you first. He didn't ask you to love Him. He so loved you first. He loved you so much that He gave His only, listen, His only begotten Son. That's a big deal. One day you're going to have a child, young person, and you're going to fall in love as I did when those children come out of the womb. You fall in love with them when they come out. And yeah, God comes and He gives Himself. He gives His Son who is one with Him because of His love for humanity. And because of His love for humanity, He births the church and He sends the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, to empower the church to continue the assignment of Jesus Christ, which is Luke 4 verse 18 and 19, to alleviate pain and suffering, to heal broken hearts, to set captives free, to bring hope to people that are distraught, to preach the gospel to the poor, good news, to bring the acceptable year of God that, hey, God is not against you, God's not mad with you, God loves you. And you can make your way to the presence of God. You can come as you are. You don't come through a religious veil. You have access into the presence of God. That's why Jesus came. I want to say to you, because the TV audience has to go, that God so loved the world that He gave Jesus to die for you. And maybe tonight if you died, you don't know that you'd go to heaven. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to help you tonight. Maybe you walked away from God like Moses. You can just walk back to Him. Put your hand on your heart right there tonight and say, Lord Jesus, I come back to You. I give You my life. I surrender all to You. I accept You as my Lord and Savior. Thank You for a new beginning. Thank You for a second chance. In Jesus' Name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Come on, follow our CRC Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information on CRC, visit www.crc.org.za.